we should welcome in a friend of the show, Brian Custer, a Showtime Championship boxing host. If you're not familiar with Brian, and you already should be, but if you're not, you may know him as the guy who stood up trying to excite the crowd at the Barclays Center and then got booed by 12,000 people. Brian, you are like the best guy ever. Did you ever imagine that you were going to get the Bronx cheer from the people at the Barclays Center? I mean, first of all, you really got to remind folks about that. I mean, you're gonna be <laughs> I'm sorry. Brian, the, the crowd would have booed. They booed Steven Espinosa, yeah. who I'm sure they didn't even yeah. know who he was, but he's the Showtime right. uh, boxing executive. Um, they booed. They would have booed their grandmothers up there. The yeah. crowd was yeah. just in the mood to boo. But what yeah. was it like to be on the receiving end of that? You didn't do anything. I mean, it wasn't about you. Yeah, it, it was that was kind of the reason why I said, you know, why are y'all acting crazy like that? This isn't Harlem. This isn't the Apollo. You know, <laughs> chill. And let these folks uh, speak, and then they're going to get to the fighters. And really, it all started from the first day of the press tour when we were in Los Angeles. And, you know, Connor wasn't used to the way boxing does press conferences compared to the MMA. Because in the MMA, they all sit down. And they usually they have a person, uh, MMA analyst or something, in the middle of them, and he just asks questions, and everyone has a mic. And so, you know, you can answer your question, but yet as this guy's answering the question, you can respond with your mic in front of you. This one was different. Boxing, they usually have a podium, and a person comes up, he excites the crowd, he in- introduces Maggie, Maggie comes up, Maggie introduces Connor or introduces Floyd, and they each make their statement, and then they go back to their seat. Right. That's it. And so when we were in L.A., Connor didn't really know what to do. He kind of, first of all, walked on stage before, you know, it was it was his time. Hmm. It was, you know, and so that was, everybody was like, why is he on stage? And he didn't, if you remember, he walked around for like maybe five minutes, and uh, everybody was like, okay, well, let's just send everybody on stage because they were all going to get introduced. Uh, and, and then secondly, when it was his time to go speak at the podium, he didn't realize he had to give a speech. So that's why he kind of mumbled and jumbled for a little bit. And then he kind of went into his act. But he took the mic with him when he went back to sit down. And the venue there immediately ran another guy out and put a mic there at the podium. So when it was Floyd's turn to speak, he came to the, the podium, started speaking. Well, Connor was trying to respond as he was talking because he had a mic in his hand, but the venue had turned the mic off because they wanted just the podium mic on. So if you remember, after the first L.A. performance, he got, press so tour, he got mad and told the, the local press afterwards, Showtime sabotaged me. Yep. And I know it was probably their president and those guys because they want to make Mayweather look good, but you know they're not going to do that to me anymore. So that kind of fueled the fire, and then he just really went after Steven Espinosa when we were in Toronto, called him a little weasel, and you guys tried to sabotage him, turn my mic off, you're not going to do that to me again. And once he did that, I mean, it was over. Once we got to Brooklyn, they uh. just – you say showtime, all was over. <laughs> I saw you tweeted out, uh, why is someone asked you, why is it taking so long? And you said, neither of them wants to be the first to arrive. It's all mind games. Did you notice any other mind games from the way they arrived to the way that they talked, the way that they handled anything? Just everything was a battle these last four days. What did you notice? Yeah, you're, you're right about that. You know, the reason why we were two hours late <sighs> in Brooklyn was because, first of all, Connor's team called and said, okay, it's Floyd arrived at the venue. And he said, no. His hotel was right down the street from the Barclays Center. And he said, all right, I'm not coming. 
Mm. I'm not coming until I know Floyd is either A, in the building, or on his way. So he said, I'm not coming. And then Floyd's people said, well, where is he? Where's Connor? Has he arrived yet? And they said, no. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the Diamond District and go shopping. Call me when he's on his way to the venue. I know, Brian. That, so I was there. The reason. I was I was there on Thursday. You did a fantastic job. You really did. I mean, I literally mean that crowd would have booed their own grandmothers up there. Yeah. They were just heated. But one other mind game that happened behind the scenes, which just is crazy. It's like 10:15, 10:30 after they had got done on stage. They were bringing the guys back to do press with people like me and um, yeah. other other outlets, right? And so yeah. Connor comes in first. And he's talking. He would have talked into a camera that had a dead battery, like a phone with a dead battery. He was doing Afghanistan TV. I mean, he was doing everything, right? And Con- they wouldn't let Connor come into the, the this big room as the practice court at the Barclays Center. They yeah. wouldn't let him come in because they didn't want the two of them to be in the same room. And I'm mm, like, absolutely. it's 1045 at night. I mean, yep. do we have to keep up the ruse even with yeah. us back here? We're in like yeah. this. We're we're in the middle of nowhere. Like you gotta you gotta let this happen. Uh, we're talking with Brian Custer. He is Showtime Championship Boxing. Maggie, he is I have a- an issue with Brian. You do? Uh-oh. Can I can I voice it? Oh wow. Okay. I watched Floyd come up wearing some real fancy clothes and jewelry. I yeah. saw Connor up there looking like an absolute don. Brian, you wore two sport coats and different pants, my man. I know you got some strong suits. And I'm yeah. looking at Brian. I'm like, come You're on, man. You're coming after Brian about I that? Am. You it, expect a mink coat fashion, out of Brian Custer? The fashion wow. of the last four days was crazy, and my man's wearing sport coats. And I'm sitting there going, come on, Brian. I know you got shoes. <laughs> what do you want, shoes. a bowler hat and a pair of Gucci glasses? Brian, I mean, what are you I, expecting? Left I need you to explain yourself, Brian. Okay, look, first of all, let me tell you something. My suit game is always on point. I know it <laughs> Always is. on point. Always on point. Secondly, it was the boss who said when we before we even started the tour, he said, "Look, you know, I don't, I don't really think that you need to be uh, suited and booted wow. for every stop." And he was like, "You know, why don't you make it more business casual? He sabotaged uh, you, you know, blazer, whatever." Uh, but he goes, "I don't think you really need a suit for it. anyway." I was like, "Okay." So I said, "You want me to just pack blazers?" For the for the stops, he's like, yeah, just do blazers. He's like, I, I don't think everybody's gonna be all suited and booted. Wow. I was like, okay, all right, cool. <laughs> so that was the main reason why I didn't do it. That's why like right. Brian so, walked in with a Hawaiian yeah. shirt on. I mean, he looked great. He looked <laughs> he great. We're know, making I'm it seem messing. like he came in but wearing some gym shorts. I'm, since you know style, I'm curious which which style did you like the most? Connor's mink jacket that cost forty thousand plus. Floyd's tiger shirt and chains that we saw in London. Connor's fu suit, which was pretty exquisite. Connor also had the blue pattern suit. Or wild card, anything that Leonard Ellerby wore over the last four days. Right, right. Well, first of all, the first day in L.A., the fu suit oh. was lit. I love the fu suit because I didn't even catch it at the beginning. Looked like a suit and pinstripe. Right. Until he came up and he, he looked back and he said, "Look at the details." And I went, looked at him. And I went, "Oh, it says F you wanted." <laughs> then he made mention of it. Um, in Toronto, he was, I mean, phenomenal. phenomenal. I, his suit game, his suit game was phenomenal. I, I can't, I can't even argue with him. I thought Leonard Ellaby took Brooklyn. Uh, the purple look, white look good, yeah. The blue yeah, glasses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That white make I was not fit, especially the snake on the back. Now, if it was just all white, I would have said, okay. 
But, you know, he didn't have a shirt on. That's just not me. He, he oh, didn't yeah. have a shirt on. Yeah, I, I couldn't get with Bri- that. Brian's uh, a, little, a little more humble than that. It would have been funny <laughs> if you came up shirtless. You would have become an overnight success. That would have been instant, amazing. Right, instant exactly. star. <laughs> um, really interesting. Yeah, this is the fashion has been something else. I mean, everything yeah. about this, Brian, has been ratcheted up. Uh, you've done so many of these press conferences. We know the hype machine is in full effect. I think it's going to break the record for pay-per-views. It's gonna, I think it's going to break Mayweather-Pacquiao's 4.6 million pay-per-view record. No doubt about it. But I'm just curious because we were talking about this earlier. These guys are now touching on these themes. They're saying stuff with their trash talk that they're they're trying to escalate the drama to a place that personally I think it's uncomfortable. You know, I don't yeah. think that this is a place to be having some kind of conversation about race, about the, right. the homophobic slur that Floyd right. used. Do you think that the guys going there, taking it to that extent, in any way is that hurting the promotion of the fight? Um, you know, I, I, I would say if it was any other fight, I would say yes, Maggie. Uh, but for this one, I'd be honest with you, I, I don't think so. I just think it just gets their fan bases even more ratchet up. And I would look for me personally, I thought LA was great, I thought Toronto was phenomenal. It was almost as if once they got to Brooklyn, it got too vulgar. Mm. And it was like, okay, this is running down a, a bad path here. Obviously, they've run out of material and don't know what to say. And, you know, I'll give, at least I'll give Connor credit that after uh, uh, London, he even said, look, I, maybe we were tired and that quick turnaround for Brooklyn, uh, I could have been a little bit better. Um, I thought, you know, Floyd may have been somewhat creative. He said with the money raining or running on me saying, I look, I look like I was dressed like a stripper. Uh, but some of the, the, the verbiage, and then when Floyd came to London and used all the homophobic slurs and stuff, it was just like, okay, I mean, dude, we don't even need to go there. You, you know, you can talk about, uh, Connor, talk about him quitting, keep it there. But, you know, I think if it was any other fight, people would be like, oh, I'm, I'm turned off. But because it's these guys and their personalities are so controversial people just their fan bases get even more ratchet up if the remarks i got on twitter from oh i can tell you connor's going to be just as dead because floyd said this and then floyd's people have been tweeting me about see how nasty and vulgar connor is he's going to do this this and this to him and i'm like i cannot believe these people are actually taking up for these folks oh well i guess this thing it will probably hit about five or over five million pay-per-view buys I got a, a two-parter for you. One, did you actually talk to Drake? I saw you took a picture, and what did you talk yep. about? And my second yep. part is, because I think the press conferences are going to be better than the fight, what's your scorecard for the four press conferences? Scorecard for the first press conferences. Uh, Mayweather took L.A. Um, Toronto was definitely, definitely Conor McGregor. Yes. Um, Brooklyn, I'm only going to give it to Floyd because I just thought uh, Connor got a little bit too much in the gutter. Yep. I, I was I wanted to give it to him with the mink when he came out, but then with some of the stuff he said, I was like, ah. And in London, definitely Connor McGregor. Wait, so, can I say something? Can I can I say something really fast? Just because I was there on Thursday, and Brian, I don't yep. know if anyone else has told you this, but the press were sitting on the floor, uh-huh. and something about the sound system at Barclays that night. Like, we couldn't really hear you guys. And so none of the jokes or whatever, Mm. the zingers, were, like, landing. Like, we just couldn't hear. We just, like, couldn't make it out. I didn't know what Swiss Beats was saying. I didn't know what Dougie Fresh was saying. I couldn't really understand what you were saying. I couldn't understand what Connor and Floyd were saying. But the optics of the money was so big. And the code, and they were, like, walking down the runway like they were, you know, walking some Dior fashion show, some bizarre, weird fashion show. But 
that I don't know if anyone else has told you that, but I think that might have been part of the reason. And I don't know what it was like in the top rafters and stuff. It might have been part of the reason because like it just didn't seem like anything was landing in Brooklyn. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Anyway, I, I, I will. I will give you that. And some people have told me that yeah. that uh, that was hard to hear. But yeah, I'm with you. I gave you the push. I thought it was two two. Um, and as far as Drake, let me tell you something. Yeah, let me hear about I, Drake. My my kids, uh, my boys, you know, don't watch me at all when I'm I'm working at all. But when they saw that Drake came out in Toronto, and then I text them the picture. Oh, oh. now I'm like the coolest cat. In Started the coolest from the bottom, now you're here. Ever. And, and look at, I was leaving like a school girl. I was like, oh, my God, it's <laughs> Oh, my God. And he walked up and was like, yeah, he's a fight fan. We talked about now my son turned 13 last year, and his first concert was Drake. We took him to the Summer 16 tour in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. So I showed him the video uh, that we took uh, of his concert, and he gave me a hug and was like, yo, this love. I was like, hey, can we take a picture? He said, yeah, let's take a picture. So we took a picture, and he was like, hey, I'll see you at the fight. I was like, oh, my God, Drake, I'll see you at the fight. (laughs) You sound like a (laughs) fanboy. Yeah, he was mad cool. I loved it. I That's thought he awesome. was a really cool cat. Okay, so uh, we're talking with Brian Custer, Showtime Championship boxing host. You've given us a lot of good color, behind-the-scenes stuff here, Brian. I'm going to ask you for a little more. One of the craziest oh. things that I saw, I just wasn't expecting this, right? I got a chance to meet Conor McGregor's personal chef. Ooh. His name okay. is George, and he yeah. was a former fighter himself. Chef George. Chef George, and... I asked him, please, can you open up the sort of cooler bag that he had? I want to see what Connor's eating. Yeah, what's he chomping on? So he opens up the bag, and not only is there, like, this takeout stuff with, like, shrimp and all this, like, noodles and stuff like that that he created. Mm -hmm. Huge thing of skull. Oh, yeah, dipping it (laughs) up. Huge thing of skull. And I was like, all right, that's one thing that I just wasn't expecting to see. Give me another behind-the-scenes unexpected. Obviously, you got to meet Drake. That's phenomenal. You know, there was the story out there that Mayweather's people had were basically trying, you know, his like bodyguards and stuff were going to try to engage Connor's guys in a fight. Connor's guys didn't know what to do, you know, and they they didn't really get it. Give me a behind the scenes, something that from this press, this four fight, four city uh, hype tour that you'll just never forget. Well, I I will say this from from the Connor aspect was right before we went into Brooklyn. Yeah. Every stop, I always ask, you know, Dana and Connor, those guys, or Floyd and his camp. Hey, is there any way you you want you what you want me to say? And they were just like, and listen, I give it to them. They were great. They were just like, hey, look, I, I liked what you, what you did in L.A. I like what you did in Toronto. You kept it simple, yet you threw some. Keep you know, doing that. We're good with that. I was like, okay, great. So I go into Brooklyn, same thing. Uh, walk into the dressing room, and Connor's people were there, and obviously they're late. And I'm like, hey, you know, I know we got to hurry up and get on there. Is any I walk in, and the whole place is filled with Ace of Spades champagne, mm. and these cats are in there down in champagne. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. Celebrating uh, prematurely, maybe. Yeah, I know. I was like, okay, I'll get back with you guys a little bit later. Uh, <laughs> ran right back in there. So that was number one. Uh, number two, you're right. Connor's people didn't know that Floyd was going to do that thing in Brooklyn where he was like, yo, boys, you know, go take them out. And they walked up there. I thought it was interesting because I asked one of Floyd's bodyguards, I was like, yo, well, I mean, what was the deal with that? He was like, look, we was just going to scare them. I mean, we weren't going to put no hands on them. But he said, but once they kind of fucked up, you know, yeah, we started pushing them because it was like, yo, man, just chill. Uh, he, uh, so that that was another one where they, they thought they were going to scare them. And I, listen, I got to get – I love Connor's response in London. 
when those guys were outside the ring and he called them juicehead. You were juicehead. You're juicehead. Now look at you. You guys are out there. And, he, you know, he did the, the F-U, 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 and F-U. I mean, that was pretty funny. So those are the kind of things behind the scenes I, I liked. I thought that was, that was pretty, pretty funny of those guys. Well, Brian, you can say you survived. Now I guess we advance. I don't know. I don't know if we can get yeah. any better. Now we have six weeks before the fight, so who knows what we're going to do leading up to that. I'm sure the guys will drop some sound bites for us as like uh, Hansel and Gretel's breadcrumbs. Brian Custer <laughs> from Showtime Championship Boxing. Profane. Hansel and Gretel, the profane version. Yes. The rated R version. Um, thank you so much, Brian. You did a fabulous Great job. Great job, man. You know what? Cool. Who cares what those booing fans are saying? Yeah. They, they don't know anything. They don't know. Hey, look, Maggie, Adam, I appreciate it. And by the way, tickets go on sale July 24th, man. So hopefully some people can grab up the, the cheap tickets because I'm hearing the cheap tickets, the cheapest ticket may be uh, 500 bucks. Oof. Cheapest ticket, $500. Love it. Yeah. We want to know out yeah. there, are you spending 500 you dropping $500 on a potential uh, Vegas trip complete with Floyd Mayweather, uh, Conor McGregor exhibition or fight, however you want to say it. Brian Custer, love you, Brian. Thank you so much. Thank You're you, amazing. Man, I love you too. Thanks for thanks for the time, Adam.